0: It was to get involved, to get some energy. Good job, everyone. Good job. I'm taking this and I'm going over here. Well, how are you all doing today? Did you have a good Christmas? Good Christmas. Merry Christmas. Excellent. Now, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Um, this traditionally is the one of the scripture verses that you would use at a funeral. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, this is one of the ones where it will say, you know, uh, there's a time for everything, there's a time to mourn, and there's a time to rejoice, and so... In your, in, in your time of grief for the loved one that you've lost, you can mourn, and it's perfectly fine. Today, uh, I'm going to use it in a, uh, a different style, if you will. Uh, I've entitled my sermon uh, TikTok, um, mainly because I didn't really have a better title for it. Um, and so today, this morning, I just want to uh, talk to you about time, of all things. Uh, time is, is extremely interesting. You read here; it says, "For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter, matter under heaven." Uh, time is is an interesting concept. Um, you and I, as humans, are the only creatures in all of creation that actually measure it. Uh, other animals don't measure it in the same way. They might measure seasons; they know when the seasons come and the seasons go, but they don't uh, they don't know time the way do we do. They don't say. Hey, uh, in, in uh, 20 minutes, let's all go to Applebee's. Or they don't say, you know, uh, I'll meet you there tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for this meeting. Uh, and, and, and we do. Time is entirely a human construct. And I forgot my, my iPad, so my notes are really small, so you're going to have to go with me. But time is the only non renewable possession that we have as humans. Um, when you breathe, you breathe in oxygen but there are things around you that are uh, created so that you can get more. But time is the only thing that you have that you can't get more of. I mean, we we have uh, expressions about time, and and, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie, there was a a movie that I went to, I'm not going to say what it was. However, when I came out of that movie, I said, that was two hours of my life, I'll never get back. Have you ever done something that you've thought is a complete time waste That it's so completely irredeemable there was no good things that came out of it whatsoever? Has that ever happened to you, or am I alone in this? No, everyone, you're all human. See, this was the idea of getting you toe-tapping with, are you washing the blood of the lamb? Some of you might actually wake up and respond a little bit. I like my questions and answers. But have you ever done something that has been such a waste of time that you've looked at it and said, man, I am never getting that time back? that was like i've been to some meetings where i've sat there and for the duration of the meeting i just thought there's a gray hair oh there's another one like you know what i'm not meetings with my wife those are always wonderful some of you tattle on me some of you tell on me when i when i make jokes about my wife but time is the only thing that will will never get back it's the only only thing and so really When you think about it, time is the most valuable thing that you have. It's more valuable than anything else you've got because there's a finite amount to it. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour that your time is going to run out. God does. So you need to know to spend your time wisely, which begs the question, where do you spend time? Because here's the reality of of human existence. Where you spend your time shows you what type of person you are. If you spend time doing nothing but playing games, Wasting a lot of your precious time if you do nothing but study uh, sports analytics. Now, now, I love the Seahawks; they're my favorite team. They're playing tonight, and they're going to win. Woohoo! Though to be fair, they're only playing the the Arizona Cardinals, so <laughs> really, not much of a challenge there. Shush! We don't mention San Francisco now. Uh, I, I'm fond of watching uh, replays on YouTube and. When you you watch something on YouTube, uh, invariably what happens is you get a lot of, hey, you watched this video, you would like this video as well. And there's all these uh, these commentators on football, and you click on them, and they will tell you uh, in the particular game that you just watched, this particular record happened, and this particular record happened, you've got people who memorize all of these statistics and all of these these, uh, facts about teams and the fact that uh, if Seahawks don't turn over the ball today, they're going to equal the NFL record for the least amount of turnovers in a season. Yes, I know that, because I watched a video. And at the end of the day, you know what happens in just a few weeks from today, in, in about a month, month or two, The Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl. And then all that information is just going to be useless. It's over. There are people who study football like their lives depend on it. Where do you spend your time? Is it in something redeemable? Enjoying football is great. Getting together with friends and family, sitting down and having a meal is great and a godly thing. But when you look at a person's life, where they spend their time shows you the type of person that they are. A few years ago, there was a band uh, called Lincoln Park who released an album called Minute to Midnight. Now, I can't endorse Lincoln Park. When I was an angry youth, they got me through some stuff. But the the, the phrase, Minute to Midnight, is actually not something that they came up with. It's a concept that has uh, deep roots in uh, sort of uh, uh, psychology and in the study of human history. And what it says, uh, as as a field of science, believe it or not, is it asks the question, how close are you to the clock striking midnight, with midnight being your death, right? If midnight represents the moment that you die, how do you know if you're just a minute to midnight? How do you know if you're just one minute away, one moment, one choice, one decision away from dying? Well, recently there's, uh, there's a, a group of scientists uh, and they released something called the Bulletin of Atomic Science. Now I know you're all fascinated by this and wondering what this has to do with the sermon. Huh. This, is, this, is, uh, this is one of the reasons why I wanted you to be awake. So what this place does is they have a giant clock with a hand uh, that is at 11 o'clock uh, moving up to midnight. And what they do is they uh, look at all the things that are happening in the world. They're looking at things like extreme climate change. They're looking at the threat of nuclear war. They're looking at the economy and all these sorts of things. And they take all of this data and all of this information, and they cram it down, and they, they spit out a model. And this clock, this atomic clock, sits at a particular minute to midnight. So in 1995, it was at 14 minutes to midnight. They said... Human history is getting close to ending. We're at 14 minutes. In 98, they moved it to only nine minutes. 2002, seven. 2007, five. 2010, six. 2012, five. 2015, they moved it to three. 2016, apparently, was a good year. They kept it at three. 2017, two and a half. It almost sounds like a toddler counting down, right? They just released this a couple of weeks ago. That in the last 20 years, they've moved it down to that humanity as a whole has about two minutes left to midnight. Now, this is a non-Christian organization. It is not affiliated with any uh, religious Uh, uh, affiliations it doesn't have any sort of impact on this but i think you would you would find if you were to ask any christians who are alive who study the bible and see what is predicted at the end times and then look at the world around you most christians have an innate feeling that this is actually spot on right when you look at the world around you there is so much darkness in it um we went and picked up, uh, as my wife said, we picked up Jason from the ARC on uh, 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 on the day after Christmas. No, the day after, when, whenever it was, uh, we we picked him up from the ARC. And as we're driving through Seattle, we were going home. The sun had already set; it was dark, and you just saw rows and rows and rows of encampments of people who are homeless. You saw, uh, as we're driving, we see hundreds of people who are sleeping outdoors in this this uh, freezing weather and. Uh, uh Jason made a comment that he said that some of the the drugs that they're using on the streets today are ten times worse than the drugs that they were using just a few years ago. They're more damaging to people. They're doing more damage to people's brains. And people are going uh, into some of the most horrendously dark places in their life. And when you look at society, when you look at the way our culture is going, anyone will tell you that we are indeed just about two minutes from midnight and that the end is near. I know. Happy New Year, guys. Right? Or happy and fun. I know. It's just what you want before you go and ring in the New Year. The time. There's There's a time for everything. There's a season for everything. Ecclesiastes, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill kill a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time alo- to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. You and I have no control over when we're born and we have very little control over when we die, save for living a good, healthy life. Drinking bottled water apparently will keep you alive just a little bit longer, except if you step off from the curb and get hit by a bus have no control over when you're born, you have no control really over when you die. A time to plant and time to pluck up. We know that there is a time in our lives when there is a time to make good decisions and to sow things, but then there's also a time to reap and to, 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 to take back what you have sown uh, and then move on to the next thing. Uh, too many people will st- uh, plant their seeds and wait for them to grow and wait for them to grow and they just won't grow and so they'll just leave them there until they all wither and die in the ground rather than leaving. A time to break down and a time to build up. And so too many times what we do is we concentrate on all the positives in scripture. Yeah, you can never be sad, you can never be lonely, you can never be depressed, you can never do this, you can never do that, you can always. However, scripture says that everything in life is a balance. It says that that your life isn't going to be perfect all the time, and there is a time to mourn, and there is a time to dance. There's a time to be happy, and there's a time to be sad. And too often, the message of Scripture is that you always have to be happy, 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 happy. You're a Christian. Why do you look like you're sucking sour lemons? Keep that. And you hide the pain in your life behind a mask. And I'm telling you that you don't have time for that. Because, now, this is interesting. Because time, what? Time flies. All right. Time is ticking away. Tick 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 tock. Time waits for no man. Some of these familiar to you. Some of these sayings familiar to you. Time's up. gone. And perhaps my favorite one, though, admittedly ending on quite a morbid note, time ends. Time always seems to go really fast when you're having fun. That's why church seems like, you know, it lasts forever. I'm joking. It only lasts forever for Bill. Slight smile, guys. I got a little bit of a smile. Not a big one, but I'll take it. We've all felt that feeling of time just ticking away. That feeling that I've got to get something done. I want to accomplish something. I want something in my life to mean something, but it just seems like the, the, the second hand is just ticking, 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 and I'm not getting anything accomplished. Time waits for no one. It doesn't matter if you're a king. It doesn't matter if you're a pauper. It doesn't matter if you're a president. It doesn't matter if you're a citizen. It's going to keep on going. There is nothing you can do to slow the relentless march of time. And then there are some times when we're just out of time. Some of us have had loved ones that we've tried to bring into the fold of the church, and into the loving arms of Jesus, who have passed away before we realized it, and we don't know where their soul lies. Are times when you want to dedicate more of your time to a task and it just runs out and then time is gone. And eventually, for every single one of us here, time is going to end. I don't think it's a surprise, but I'll say it just in case. Eventually, you are all going to die. Yeah. There's only two men born of human descent that have never died. Both were taken up to heaven by God and I don't think we're them. I'm going to be honest, I love you all very much, but none, none of you are like quite at that Elijah stage, right? Like, If you were to look at Elijah's life and your life, y- you, would, you would, right? I'm, I'm not being mean, I'm just being honest. So we all know that Scripture says that the destiny of all men is to die. And so we're about to head into a new year. And and, I think he said, I don't like New Year's resolutions. 98% of all New Year's resolutions fail. That's a statistical fact. Mostly because people aim too big, and they don't make definable goals. They say, oh, yeah, I'm going to lose weight this year, which is a great goal, but they don't actually measure out how they're going to do it. They're not going to say, you know what, instead of just losing weight as my goal, I'm going to start eating healthy. Some people say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get fit this year, rather than saying, you know, I'm going to go to the gym once a week. They make goal, People make goals too immeasurable, too out there. That way, when they fail, they don't really lose anything, because it was just an idea up here and there so resolutions fail so what i want from you is not a resolution i don't want you to make a resolution this new year i don't want you to do this this pie in the sky fantasy thing what i want you to do is to commit to one simple idea how are you as a christian going to share the love of jesus with others how are you going to do that because ultimately, that's what it's all about, is sharing the love of Jesus. See, if we believe, uh, in, in the Salvation Army, we believe in hell. It's in, our, uh, it's in our 11th doctrine. We believe that it's a real place and real people are really going there, right? That's what we believe about hell. Uh, it's all in the back. If you, if you open up the, the red songbooks in the pews, that's what it says in the red songbook. We believe that. So you follow that to a conclusion. You marry these two ideas, that everyone's time is going to end, and if you don't know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. How are we going to stop people from going to hell? How are you going to stop the family member that you love, the friend that you love, the co-workers who, well, you do not love well, some of the co-workers, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, some of them stress your patience when they steal the chairs that are meant for the foyer and they put them in their office. I'm not mentioning any names. How are you going to stop them from going to hell? Not you. Hey, I've, mo- I've moved on. Shh, we're on a different section. Just, how are you going to stop that family member that you love? How are you going to share the love of Jesus with someone? As we move into our new year, how are you going to share the love of Jesus with someone that God has placed in your life? God puts you in situations. He puts you in communities. He puts you in workplaces. He puts you in in, uh, family situations where you might be the only person who can share the love of Jesus with another, and that person's soul is hanging in the balance to see whether or not you are going to share the love of Jesus with others. We have time. You can dedicate to all sorts of fancy things. You can dedicate time to your work and be a great employee. You can dedicate time to computer games and be a great gamer. You can dedicate time to watching sports and be a sports commentator. You can dedicate your time to writing music and be the world's best composer. You can dedicate time to a lot of stuff that in a few years is going to pass away. Ecclesiastes, the preacher who uh, I believe to be King Solomon, opens Ecclesiastes in 1 verse 1 saying that vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Different translations will say uh, uh, hopelessness, hopelessness, all is Hopelessness. Others will say uh, meaningless, meaningless, all is meaningless. The, the Hebrew word that is used in that particular thing uh, actually means a vapor of wind. Uh, have you ever seen a dust devil? You know, one of those little, they come in, they, and then they're gone. They That's what Solomon says all of life is. It's like a little, little wind chasing itself, and then after a, a couple of moments, it just blows away. Everything that you can possibly chase in your life other than Christ, other than the eternal, is completely meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless, says the preacher. Meaninglessness of meaninglessness, all is meaningless. Do you think he's trying to get an idea across? If it's not eternal, it's going to pass away. That stuff that I mentioned is good. Spending time with family is good. Creating things is good. It's not the ultimate goal. So as we end our time together today, I want you just to, to briefly ponder this question. What are you going to do in this next year to bring someone to Christ? What are you going to do to share the love of Christ with one, another? A lot of us say, well, you know, I don't ha- I'm not good at talking to people. I'm not good at, at articulating the message of the gospel to people. I, I, I don't know the words to say. That's great. You don't have to you have to show the love of Jesus to others don't be a stupid mean person sometimes it's as simple as that uh, i've got a, a a mem on my phone that simply says sometimes the best evangelism is telling people you're a christian and then not acting like a jerk right how do you show the love to others how are you going to show love each other this next year, amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the time you've given us to come into your presence to worship and praise your name. I ask, Lord God, that as each one of us goes from this place and this new year uh, gets started in just a few days, that you convict our hearts, convict our hearts, Lord, with the message of how we can share love to others. Lord, we believe that you've put us in a time and place so that we can evangelize and share the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, to a world that if we look at it, is desperately in need of it, a world that is hurting and dying and living in darkness. Lord, be with each one of us as we go from this place. Inspire us and help us, Lord, to reach out to others to show your love pray these things in your son's precious name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite Heidi up to lead our final benediction.